0: Welcome to Central Queensland Region's Leading and Learning Podcast. These are informal conversations between leaders about educational issues and initiatives. We share them to inspire and inform you so that you may have a greater influence through your instructional leadership. I would like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land across Central Queensland, on which we play, learn and work I pay my respects to their elders past and present I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening to us Hi, I'm Trudy Graham, your host for the show I'm an Assistant Regional Director in Central Queensland, based in Rockhampton Today I have Fleur Watson with me Fleur is Acting Lead Principal, also in Rockhampton. Welcome to the show, Fleur. Thank you, Trudy. And let's start in our usual way with a one-word barometer. How are you, Fleur? Um, I'm
1: pretty good. It's coronavirus at the moment, so um, it's been a bit
0: harrowing at times, but overall, it's all good. Hmm. And uh, I'm well, So, it, which is a good way to be right now. Mm. So Flew, we always start the podcast with a conversation starter and what I would love to ask you is you've now been in the role as Acting Lead Principal in Central Queensland for a term, so uh, what aspect of the role have you enjoyed most?
1: I've really honestly enjoyed every aspect of the role, but I think um, overall getting to work with a fabulous regional team um, and that includes principals and regional staff and teachers and Everyone across this region, I have great respect for Central Queensland and the people who work in it. Now, we
0: didn't um, talk about your response to those, that conversation. No. It's very similar to what I was going to say. Uh, and right now, our principals and their leadership team and teachers are doing an amazing job in oh. terms of planning and providing for continuity of learning for our students in this current environment. So you stole the words right out of my mm. mouth, but I'm happy yeah. about that. But the reason why I wanted to uh, ask you about, you know, the aspect of your role that you've enjoyed now is I actually want to go back one step as well and and um, ask you about what you've done previous previously to this, because we're going to be talking about something that you know very well, so yeah talk to us about your previous role
1: yeah well I was very lucky last year I was working in central office as part of uh, the behavior team to roll out the changes to the procedure around um, discipline and specifically I worked in the area of restrictive practices because my background I've had a long time working in special schools so that suited me
0: so it was a great job and I think you're absolutely the right person to talk about the topic of what principals need to be aware of with the new procedures that were implemented at the start of 2020 school year. So Fleur you've got quite a list, you've done some great thinking, um, so would you like to kick off what you think is the first and foremost thing that principals should be aware of or doing in terms of these new procedures?
1: Yeah well, when it uh was released in january i think we were all very very busy just getting our schools going and you know getting our heads above water so now we've um, had some of the procedures for a while My first recommendation would be for principals to download the Principal Guidelines for Student Discipline, and I think you're going to have that on the show notes, aren't you?
0: Yeah, we'll we'll put all the links in the show notes to the different things that you reference. It could be a long list, but that's okay.
1: Okay, so if um, principals download that document, that will give them um, something to read that will actually go through all the changes and it's, it's a really great document put together for principals to develop a quick understanding of what's changed, what's, you know, what we can do, how we can do it.
0: Yeah. Now, aside from reading the document, you actually believe there are some things in there that they should have handy on their desk too, I believe.
1: Yes, I do. I do. Um, and thinking about that document you know the policy around disciplinary consequences has um, really changed a little bit and we need to think about discipline in terms of it being a wicked problem and I know that sounds a bit heavy however when we think about discipline some of our staff probably think of it in a one-dimensional way and it's really quite complex um, it's multi dimensional and it has many contributing factors when you're making decisions about discipline so each solution really impacts on um, other things within that wicked problem so just to get ourselves in that headspace i think it's good to think about discipline and consequences as a wicked problem
0: yeah it, it's a good way you frame that up and, and wicked, prob- wicked problems are complex and not easily solved that's right And for Principals Fleur, you were talking earlier around that they've got a duality going on here with different acts and policies.
1: Yeah, so as a principal, we're um, really governed by the Education General Provisions Act. However, we also carry the responsibility for the Workplace Health and Safety Act within our school, and that's a Queensland Act um, as well. So the other thing that we have... um, needed to get our heads around this year has been the Human Rights Act which has come into play in Australia and in Queensland specifically in since January this year so we really need to also be aware of that and I think that's important that our staff are aware as well.
0: Yeah so Fleur can you just outline these changes because it's it's a a revision of procedures that we've been operating under for quite some time. Yeah. That, that's what we're dealing with here?
1: Yes, yeah, so really what's changed? Um, when you download the principal guidelines, you'll see that there are four big changes or main changes. They're not particularly big, actually. They're main changes. So there's changes to student discipline, um, the refusal to enrol, cancellation of enrolment and the temporary removal of students' property. So where once upon a time we might have... Um, asked a student to um, open their bag and and I, as a principal, may have done a bag search, we're no longer able to do that because we're not governed by the criminal code. And it's really important that we know other people who are working in our schools, such as our chaplains. Um, Perhaps we might have a youth worker or somebody who's employed a bit differently. They're not governed by that code either, so we can't ask them to be searching bags. So that's probably something that people... Um, need to really um, pick up on with their staff. The other thing that was also changed was, of course, the procedure around
0: restrictive practices. Yeah, and clearly an area that you're very familiar with.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. So um, thinking about the majority of people who will be out there who won't need to uh, know a great deal about restrictive practices, I think one of the things that people may not have um, picked up on um, potentially is the instrument of authorisation. So in that um, Principal Guidelines document, you'll find an instrument of authorization and we can put that up on the show notes. But um, it's really important that principals, if they're at some point during the year, if they're going to have leave or perhaps you might do it term by term or semester by semester, that you write up um, who are the other officers In your school, who are going to be responsible for making disciplinary decisions when the principal's away? So, I might um, have a bit of a game plan where I might put my two deputies and maybe my um, head of department to have some responsibility. So, if I'm away with one of the deputies, um, the next deputy can take over. So, it's really important that that's written up and signed off and. um, kept where we keep our accountable documents
0: yeah that's a great tip and again we'll have a link to that one in the show notes now you mentioned earlier the Human Rights Act can you talk a little bit more about that or point people in the right direction so they're operating in the right space
1: Yes, yeah. Well, the Human Rights Act, if you would like more information about it, you can easily Google it. And there are two versions. There's a a big document that's about 88 pages. And then there's a small document that's just a few fact sheets. But basically, we need to look at each of our students as an individual who um, has a right to an education and there are lots of things that we um, might see might impact on their right to an education um, through our school system. So Kim in her um, regional director newsletter issue number four printed a little um, hyperlink to a form called the Human Rights Impact Assessment and that's just a really nice little guide that is worth um, principals having a look at and thinking about keeping perhaps in um, in a folder on their desk for when they're making decisions which might be um, impactful on the Human Rights Act. So, for example, if there was a um, student who had challenging behaviour who also had a disability, um, that would be something that we might think about filling out when we're making decisions around a disciplinary consequence.
0: Yeah, that's a great tip. And you had another one, too, around... um, decision making and being well informed
1: yeah so the ombudsman's guide to good decision making is an excellent document and there are some um hyperlinks to that on the bottom of fact sheets that are printed in the key document um principal guidelines we can also google that and it's um some really good Uh, information around record keeping and decision making so that would be something that I would share with my admin team and maybe middle leaders so um, we can start building everyone's capability around the decisions that we make in schools.
0: Mm. So you've talked about decision making and some um, really important documents for principals to be aware of and, and acting upon What about when it comes to investigating uh, incidents? Yeah, people
1: may not have seen, um, if they haven't downloaded the principal guidelines yet, that there's actually a few pages devoted to how we investigate incidents. And as a deputy, way back when I was a deputy, That would be my work that I would do as a deputy and often in that era I would um, probably make decisions about suspensions and I would put that up to the principal so things have changed a bit and um, the way that we investigate incidents it's really important that we get that process right and then we come to the principal and we lay our facts out and the principal can help in making that decision and every school will have a slightly different way of working but I think it's worth having a look at um, how we investigate incidents and maybe having a look at the interview plan that's suggested.
0: Yeah that would be very helpful. Now you mentioned earlier about zero tolerance, did you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah um,
1: some schools across the state have had zero tolerance policies around certain um, challenging behaviour. So for example, students who use drugs, uh, many schools would have said we have zero tolerance to that, that's an instant 20-day suspension and those students, um, you know, lose their ability to access school for 20 days. We can no longer do that and um, we need to really individualise disciplinary consequences. So, that um, will be in line with the Human Rights Act. So it's really important that um, deputies and other key members of staff start to understand that that work around the Human Rights Act is very important. Mm.
0: So what about when it comes to writing incident reports?
1: Yeah, well, writing incident reports is very important because obviously the principal is going to base their decisions around what's written. It's important that we write them quite quickly and um that they're accurate and that we um put you know the facts on incident reports and we don't um go into stories so that's quite a decent piece of writing um if we get that right and they if something goes to further investigation those incident reports will actually be pulled out and they'll be looked at by people um, other than the principal they'll go to higher authorities so it's really important that staff understand the genre for writing an incident report.
0: Because it could be um, staff from different employee groups that are writing incident reports as well.
1: Yeah that's right it, um, it's not unusual for teacher aides to write an incident report so you see youth workers um, you know different teaches me different skills so it's important to get that
0: right. Mm. So there's possibly work around building people's capability and I know we'll get to that a bit later. Yeah. So a big piece of work though is um, schools having their school documentation up to date so what's What should principals be aware of in this space? Yeah,
1: so writing the Student Code of Conduct. um, Last year we were all told that this year was the year of writing the Student Code of Conduct. So, um, you know, as far as that goes, it's a collaborative piece of work. It's really important that we co-labor with staff, our school staff, with our students. Um, We need to include our student voice in this document and also our school community. And um, that should take us a little bit of work. So it, if you haven't unpacked that student code of conduct and had a bit of a look at it, I would suggest that that would be a really good thing to do um, because that will provide a framework for the school culture that you set up in your school and um, you know,
0: going forward. That's great. Thanks, flo So then um, looking to the future, Um, What sort of things should people be thinking about? Well, I think, um,
1: you know, when I get back to my school, I'll be thinking about how I assess the risk of students who are coming to my school who have perhaps had uh, some complex behaviour at another school. How are they transitioning into my school and how am I communicating some of their... Um, key behaviour challenges to staff who are going to support them in the school so I think that's something we're thinking about Um, how are we supporting students who have complex and challenging behaviour are we using a case management process and if we are using a case management process how are we communicating the actions that arise out of that case management process with our staff and with our families and other people on who were essential to that student's um group stakeholder group i guess uh individual positive behavior plans you know students who uh have complex and challenging behavior i would expect that you would have written someone would have written in the school an individual positive behavior plan that would support that student and we need to enact that Mm. and if we haven't got those key documents then it's it's really difficult to justify a disciplinary absence or an exclusion. So, um, you know, we need to first and foremost make sure we're supporting that student as much as we possibly can. Um, I'd really be thinking about the professional development that my staff need and how I can increase their capability by building their knowledge and understanding about behaviour. Yeah.
0: So you mentioned some quick wins before too. So what would they be?
1: Oh, I think a quick win would be uh, doing some, you know, continuous PD on writing incident reports. You know, every every semester perhaps doing a quick, um, this is how you write an incident report for any new members of staff or any staff that you think need additional help with that. Um, understanding investigations and some key staff who are going to be your investigators how do we do that there's actually a learning place um module about that too, Um, having a crisis response team. So unfortunately, Trudy, many of our schools do have experienced crises from time to time. So thinking about, as a principal, who are the key members of staff who are really going to be my right hand people, who are going to have the right temperament and the um, right thinking to pull our school together in a crisis. And um, you know, where are we going to put, for example, two students who are fighting with each other? Where do we separate them to? Um, which rooms do they go in? Who's? What's the response after that? So that crisis response is really important. And thinking about the focus review questions that we use with staff after the crisis, you know, what are the questions? I personally have them laminated on the back of my door um, in my office when I'm working in my school just so i can see them really quickly i don't need to look them up all the time and i get used to using
0: them Mm, wow and again we'll pop those in the show notes for people well fleur is there anything else that um you had in your notes that um perhaps we haven't touched on
1: Uh, Well, I um, am a bit passionate about the essential skills for cluster management and I I believe, you know, there are 10 skills and that's a lot when you learn it in a two hour burst or however people train. So uh, I really like thinking about what is the skill that we most need now? to make some change in our school and then um, putting that through as PD and enacting that with Fidelity over a five-week period, just checking it out. And the same, that's the same stuff that we can do for Berry Street. You know, a lot of people have invested in Berry Street. They've got those programs, but we have to question, you know, what are the outcomes from that PD and um, how are we enacting, you know, if it's communication circles or whatever it may be, how are we enacting that with Fidelity? Who's checking... And um, what are we really seeing happen? So uh, I think they're things worth thinking about. And finally, the Behaviour Bulletin Treaty, my favourite document for reading. <laughs> if you haven't subscribed to the Behaviour Bulletin, please do, because the majority of things will be pushed out through that Behaviour Bulletin, and it's um, good to keep yourself up to date.
0: Yeah, wow, Flo, that's amazing. So thank you. I think this is a podcast episode that people might be uh, re-listening to in the future. So your insights, um, you s- we certainly have talked to the right person on this topic and, and thank you for, for what, all of that that you've just shared. Now, Fleur, I think you've listened to previous episodes of the podcast, so you know uh, that that we do the five questions that aren't so five at the end? Yeah. yeah. So, are you ready for those? Sure. Okay. So, Fleur, when and where was your first teaching appointment?
1: Uh, I was first appointed to Lakes Entrance Primary School, um, which is in Lakes Entrance in Victoria. Wow. Wow.
0: Yeah. Okay. Great. And when you think about your work, what was the last thing that made you smile?
1: Oh, there's so many things that make me smile. Um, this podcast makes me smile to think that my voice is going to go across the region. Um, yeah, I don't know. I love my job, Trudy. I, I just adore what we do, and I'm very fortunate to have it. So I'm always smiling.
0: Yeah, and you do smile a lot. Flo, what is your best book or film recommendation? I
1: really enjoyed um, Michelle Obama's Becoming. It, it gave me confidence that... Um, you know it takes a long while to grow up because I never quite feel like I've grown up so I'm still becoming
0: Mm. and I have that one on my on my bookshelf Mm. on my to to read pile so I'll have to move it up and get into it do you have a favourite quote, for
1: I do. It's actually from the Bible. But I first read it when I read the Getting of Wisdom, and um, it's "Wisdom is the principal thing; therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding." It's from Proverbs four seven.
0: Great, thank you. And and of course, we'll have that in our show notes too. We we put the quote in in the orange band right at the bottom, so that'll be there. And Fleur, as far as things to see in CQ, what's our best-kept secret? Oh, uh, I think the butterflies. <laughs> I am been so impressed
1: by the magnificent butterflies you have in CQ and um, just enjoyed it so much.
0: Yeah. Wow. See, Ooh. now, that's, that's a, amazing. Left of centre. <laughs> well, it is, but it's also just reminds you of some things that you take for granted and it's that um, noticing noticing things around you that you just you know take for granted so thank you
1: delightful yeah
0: Yeah. that's great well again for Fleur thank you for uh, your time and uh, for your wisdom on this very complex issue around student discipline and the new procedures that we're working with and um, I hope that your next role brings you as much joy and you keep smiling Oh, I'm
1: sorry at real. I'm sorry at real. Thank you so much, Trudy.
0: Thanks, Blood. Thank you for listening to Central Queensland Region's Reading and Learning Podcast. We trust this conversation has given you the information and inspiration to lead so that every student in our region succeeds.